welcome to the Zone podcast. I'm Paula Beneton, and our guest today is Brodka Donalova. She's on a mission to redefine leadership and to make it available to everyone. She's the founder and CEO of a title and a mother of three. And in our conversation today, she shares about her journey, her story, how leadership and leadership education needs to evolve and how motherhood has actually influenced and shaped her own business, her career, and made her a better leader. So thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, Radhika. Thank you so much for being the Zone podcast today. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Paula. And Radhika, can you please tell us, like, where are you in the world today? And uh, can you just tell us a little bit about you? So I'm in Prague, Czech Republic. This is where I'm from. And this is where I um, also live. So a few things about me. I'm a mother of three. I am the founder and CEO of Atayu, which is a leadership development company and actually one of the top 10 leadership development companies in Europe. And I am passionate about the topics of leadership, education, and, and my purpose is about actually reinventing leadership and education and, and making leadership accessible. So that's me in a nutshell. Wow, what a purpose. <laughs> I love that. Can we, can we dive in deep a little bit more in there? Can you sure. share a little bit more about your purpose? Mm -hmm. So I actually defined my purpose when I was doing my MBA at Harvard. And I, the reason why I shared that is that sometimes we feel we need to be in the best moments to actually define our purpose. Uh, but I feel sometimes it actually comes in more painful moments. And, and for me, actually, my first child was born and I... I just started my, my MBA and until that point, I was like a high-performing hamster running in a wheel, <laughs> running really fast and wanting to prove that I'm actually good enough. And at that point, after my first son was born, I actually felt really exhausted and I started to ask myself the question, what is it that I want to leave behind? Why do I actually want to do what I want to do. And, and that led me into a process where I really started to look into what are my talents, passions, purpose. And I realized that my talents were not numbers because I was doing finance before that, but were actually, it was much more about working with people that my passions are around leadership and education and that the way I want to contribute and that it makes most meaningful for me is through, through actually leadership and reinventing leadership for me this is a big thing and making that accessible and ever since and and this was actually a two-year process so we could have a whole separate podcast just on, <laughs> on that process but I, I think from that crisis that I had there this sort of came alive and it it really helped me it gave me direction I think from that on I am very clear on what I'm doing, why I'm doing, and I, and I feel fulfilled, which I think is actually very liberating because before 
I was successful. I achieved mm-hmm. results, but I was quite stressed and not fulfilled inside. And many people, and we had this little chat before, asked me, how do you manage, you know, being a mother, three kids and all that. But I, I have flow. I have a lot of flow in what mm-hmm. I'm doing. And it's, there are moments that are challenging. I'm not going to say they are not, but actually the overall, it, it gives me a lot of meaning and energy. And I am, I'm very grateful for that. And I know that if I would be given a chance to receive, I don't know, billion dollars or something, I still would be doing what I'm doing, maybe mm. slightly different way, etc. but still the core wouldn't be changing. So that's pretty much in short. Wow. And, uh, and I, and just touching on that challenging and, uh, and I feel like to, to find flow, challenge and struggle, it's also part of it too, right? So that's a, that's a really inspiring. And, and, and what does it mean? Like when you say like reinventing leadership, what, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. I think there are two elements. I think there's a content element and there's a flow element. Um, there's a form element in that. I think one of the things from a content perspective for me in reinventing leadership is really about when I was at Harvard, I was asking myself a question, is it possible that we achieve results, but we achieve it in a way which is sustainable, which is with ease and uh, which makes us fulfilled. Mm. And that was sort of that quest that I got into. And for me, reinventing leadership is about that we have high performance. I think, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. from business, high performance is needed, but how can we do that in a way where there is the authenticity, the fulfillment, the ease? And for me, that's the sort of reinventing form in there. And I mm-hmm. think it's even more relevant now that we have so much pressure, there are so many changes and innovations that need to happen. So that's the, that's the content piece. And, and how can we still stay adaptive in that, right? Because many times mm-hmm. we feel that when we slow down or there is a sort of that element mm-hmm. we might lose something and and I think being adaptive being high performing is not in contradiction with being in flow authentic and so that's for me that content piece and then mm-hmm. there is a form piece because I I mean we've been developing because besides the things that we've been doing as a sort of leadership development company and doing programs, etc. across Europe, it's actually, we've been developing a format called Atairo TV, which we are launching now, which we are actually doing with our technological partner, which is one of the best actually internet TVs in, in the country where we are looking at how can you, how can we work and create formats which are more into edutainment in a way where we can educate people, still bring relevant topics of leadership, but Mm -hmm. do it in a way, in a form which is short, effective, which has a lot of storytelling, etc. So that's something that we've been investing a lot of energy and we are Mm -hmm. launching it this year. And that's the form piece because we at Atayru actually created an ambition two years ago that by 2025, we want to positively impact 1 million people through actually making leadership available to them. So that's a, that's a big ambition for us. And we need, and we need to have sort of new vehicles for that, because I personally believe that 
leadership development and actually leadership as such should be something I, I have three kids, you know, so I see it, I think it should be taught at school. So this is not something that is supposed to be accessible to the to the privileged ones or to the most senior ones. No, I, I think this belongs to one of the core competencies that we need to develop as people, no matter if we just then lead ourselves. And so that's why this is something that's deeply meaningful for me. Yes. Wow. And I, I totally agree with you. I feel leadership so important and it's not only about the leadership of a, of a company, but the leadership of our own lives. So And there's so much that, that makes it that, like, why are we not talking about it earlier in our lives and uh, teaching it at school and make it available for uh, young professionals and not only when you prove you're successful. <laughs> and uh, who's Itaria TV is for? What types of leaders? So, I mean, initially, or where we are now, we want to make it available to anyone who leads people so mm -hmm. who is a people leader whether it's a first-time people leader or whether it's an experienced manager but but actually even the people who are interested in self-development but or in personal development but the way we've designed it or the the sort of key content i, I always think about strategic choices that you're making when you're designing a product or when you are thinking of uh, starting a company and We have made few strategic choices that I think are super important. The, the number one is that we feel now people actually are overwhelmed with content, okay? With mm -hmm. content, with information, and with the whole COVID situation, people don't want to be that much online. People don't want to be that much, you know, on their computers. So we said we, we don't want to create a platform which is going to offer a wide range of topics, but we want to create a sort of, like if you think of Netflix series, we want to create one Netflix series per year, maybe two, but with the most relevant topics that people are dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. We, we don't want to give a wide range, but we want to say these are the most relevant topics nice. that we see leaders are facing right now and that they are struggling with. And many times they don't have answers for. So that's the mm -hmm. sort of, uh, that was the strategic choice number one. The strategic choice number two was that, so first is, is focus on what's most relevant at this moment. The second choice was we've been looking at the concept of learning organization and how do you develop learning organizations? How do you, when you see companies now, we, for example, one of the topics that we, we have in this year's series is is the, the whole topic of empowerment and how it has shifted after COVID, what are the implications, etc. And what's interesting, uh, so what we, the, the second strategic choice is around us saying, look, if you choose a few topics that you want to just streamline into the organization and make it available to a wide population of people, then they can actually learn about mm -hmm. that topic and you could shift the whole organization just through focusing on a topic and making it accessible. So so that's the that's the second element that we actually wanna when we are having the series about um, the the greatest challenges in this year, then you know, and one of them is empowerment, then companies struggling with that can actually access it. 
And the third thing that we are doing is we are we went through the choice. We were looking at what are the trends in internet TVs, etc., and we realized that there is a strong trend in making live sessions that people can connect to. And that what we what we plan on doing is actually collecting data through interactions, through votings, and through creating these data sets, we can create benchmarks for companies on these topics. So for example, if you have a topic of empowerment or psychological safety, and not just psychological safety in general, because psychological safety or empowerment are not really new topics, but the context of that COVID, for example, really accelerated the speed through which innovations are coming and the push on innovation and the speed is just much faster than it was before. At the same time, you have a workforce which is exhausted, which does not have many people. They, they It's not that they don't want changes. They, don't, they just don't have the capacity energy-wise, time-wise to make them happen, for mm-hmm. example. Right. And I don't know how it is sort of in the UK, but for example, in Central Europe, also the labor market is quite challenging in the in the way that there is lack of talent. So there are these very specific elements on the market right now. And in this context, if you are thinking about how can you work with empowerment, how can you work with psychological safety? And then through collecting the data, you get benchmarks on how you are doing on psychological safety with regards to your industry, with regards to companies in that country. So then you can actually get relevant data that can help you. Oh, interesting. I'm actually doing well, which is great. And why is that? Or I'm not doing great. And that can be an indicator. Well, I must be doing something about it because I might be losing people in the future, for example. Mm. So this data-driven element that we want to bring there is um, is also something that we that is very important for us. Nice, that is really interesting, and it's so it's great how you how this is going to be available for mm-hmm. the whole organization and how it can be a start of real real conversations and uh, and and positive change that is all measured. That's uh well good good luck and uh keep us posted on on what happens in the in the big launch. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. Uh and what is key like as you from your journey from Harvard to founding uh Atairu and all the changes that are happening in the world today in the pandemic and and this acceleration of technology what is key? What has changed for leaders in your view? And what is going to be really key for, for, for moving, for creating a new future? Mm-hmm. So I think there are more things that has really changed. I don't think in a way that completely new topics have arrived. However, there is just a shift in dynamics. And one of the key trend that we've been seeing that companies really struggle with. And we call it a sort of two-speed leadership. And that is that what COVID did, COVID accelerated the speed with which innovations are coming to the market. So it actually set a new standard, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, we have so many clients and, and we've seen it internally as well at Atairu that, for example, something that took us before half a year, we managed to do it within one month, right? Within mm-hmm. COVID. And 
we've seen companies that you know not only went online but like within short period for example within two or three weeks they managed to get their sales force from the brick and mortar shops into selling online etc and i mean these things that would have normally taken months have taken days and weeks right and mm -hmm. what happened in our minds when someone comes now and says within a company we want to do an innovation we want to do something different and it's going to take half a year leaders just sit there and say no i just saw it you know we managed it four weeks okay so i'll give mm -hmm. you six now so so there is a new standard also in our mind and what we see is that critical thing for company success is actually to be a fast innovator so mm -hmm. actually being able to come to the market with the product fast okay now from a leadership perspective what it means is that we've always had and leaders always had the challenge that they had to run the business and change the business at the same time so they had to do the day-to-day -day operations and deliver the numbers and the budgets but also had the change the business elements which was how how can i prepare the business for the future now what's happening right now is that this change the business accelerated and now this creates a lot of tension because the change the business part we need to lead it differently we need to experiment much more we need to um take much more risk we need to be much faster etc while in the run the business it's like having a large ship you know that um that you need to navigate and it, it's much more focused on efficiency much more focused on processes and on profitability etc and i think what we are seeing is that teams and teams within organizations are running at different speeds and it creates a lot of tension and also from a leadership perspective it's not just easy to switch between one or the others and i think that's one of the biggest challenges that we are actually seeing that that leaders and companies really struggle with and it takes a lot of energy and it takes a different leadership style to manage that and mm -hmm. and that's one of the key challenges that we are seeing is how do you manage that how do you manage this too or actually in many cases multi-speed organizations mm -hmm. you know and how do you manage it in a way because if you push too much on change the business you might lose the run the business part if you push too much on run the business you might not be innovating enough and there is a lot of cultural elements that are happening there and so that's definitely one of the big challenges that we are seeing mm. right now and there is not an easy answer to that right it just the the, the speed i think that the whole element that i'm seeing is is the level of speed that just mm. we are seeing and companies are seeing and requiring and how how do we balance all that in a way that we all thrive. Yes, and how do how do we balance this pressure for for increased speed in a way that, as you mentioned in the beginning, like we can have like a, a leadership that is is actually flowing and not so much, you know, like a hamster in the speed wheel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And with that, like, I'd like to, you have a very uh, outstanding career and a big vision and. Uh, you're, I feel like you're on fire. You're on a mission to really change things for better. And you talk about, you know, like having gone to Harvard. And on top of all that, we have three kids in the game. <laughs> so how do you personally like balance 
it all. And especially in the beginning, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, women out there thinking, how like do I prioritize my career? How do I meet my family goals? And uh, how has that worked for you? Or how's mm -hmm. that working for you? So it, it is challenging, right? I don't want to say that it's um, sort of easy, you know, and I'm, mm -hmm. it's a um, piece of cake or something. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I actually realized that in the last few years, I didn't, I was not conscious of that. But actually, I had my first two kids in the States. And at that time, the overall mindset that um, that was there was that, of course, it's possible to have a family and have a fulfilling career or, you know, do something that you, that you love and that it's not mutually exclusive. And I think I've I think from a mindset perspective, because I always think about it from a mindset perspective, and then there's a practical mm -hmm. perspective, right? And I think from a mindset perspective, I actually, I just always had that mindset that it, it is possible and that it's not mm -hmm. going to limit me. And I mean, even if I would have, I actually have some friends from Harvard who are super successful. One of them is partner at McKinsey. The other one is had built a very successful company, which he sold, but she's still a CEO. And they have five kids. And it, it just sort mm -hmm. of uh, really created a new standard even for me because I thought three mm -hmm. is quite a lot. And then I'm thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> maybe we could expand. <laughs> so I think that's, that's, that's from a mindset perspective. I think on a practical level, there are trade-offs, of course. But I think... Coming from that mindset perspective, I know even if I would have another child now, it just never occurred to me that it would not be possible. I mean, so, so I think that's the mindset level. So I'm always thinking, okay, you know, it's just when you grow a company, it's uh, it's you, you just need to think of a bigger team, right? It's exactly from that perspective. And you are starting small, then you are growing, and and I, you know, I see clients saying that it always requires shift in mindset and leadership. So. So that's sort of the approach I had, you know. Mm -hmm. And then on a, on a practical level, I am actually, I am actually applying sort of leadership principles in the sense of that the key key word for me is team. So mm -hmm. I mean, my I have a really great husband, and we've been partners in the way that we are how we are participating in raising our children. But also, I mean, I do have a team because we we our second child he's autistic, so. There is a whole separate agenda because he doesn't go to school, he's homeschooled, etc. So there's a whole team around that. And I always thinking, okay, as well as in a leadership, we know what are the my most value added activities. And I know maybe it sounds too artificial, but I'm really, you know, that's how we are talking with my husband in terms of, you know, where, you know, what are the things you really don't want to miss in terms of doing homework with your kids or specific hobbies, etc. But then and and those are the ones that, that we spend most time on. And then mm -hmm. there are others which I call not that much, you know, value added activity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and those I delegate or have someone who is helping us, etc. So there is and then there is a, you know, third element which is which is the empowerment for the kids that, you know, they mm -hmm. they also need to grow up and be how to say more responsible yeah, yeah. And part of part of the team huh like I, exactly. I i love that i i love the whole the mindset of you know like hey it's possible and also this idea of playing as a team 
and, and playing to each other's strengths and mm -hmm. adding and, and including the kids as mm -hmm. part of the team. I always, I like yeah. this quote which says that if something is not, if someone says it's not possible or that it's impossible, I just say it's impossible for them, right? Mm. It doesn't mean it's impossible for me or for us. So that's just the, my favorite quote. Yeah. So how has motherhood like influenced or shaped or changed your career or, or even your business? Dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> I think with every child, I upgraded my leadership skills in mm. general, because I think that you just need to manage much bigger complexity or looking at, it just pushes you to think differently. So I think that's, it had a, a huge impact. I actually think it really helps me to prioritize better, to be focused on the right things, because, you know, it's, I am very passionate about my work. So I think if I wouldn't have children, I would stay much longer. And then I'm actually forced to <laughs> to leave sooner because then you actually have someone waiting, you know, for you who's um, sort of like, mom. Yeah. Uh, but I think also from a perspective of my own development, right? Even having an autistic child is um, extremely enriching and transformative in, in many dimensions in terms of um, throughout my my second son, I think I, I get much more, I don't wanna say pushed me, but I think it encouraged me to go into my purpose because you just wanna do things which are really meaningful. And I think I am through encounters or through seeing him every day, I think that's something that really, it, it is something that has shifted from being a sort of rational thing to, to, to living that and feeling that. Hmm. And also the, the way when you work with judgment, diversity and element, I think this has dramatically sort of been influenced by him or, or even like living in that moment because he's very much living in, in that moment for him that past or future is uh, completely irrelevant. Hmm. So it just like helps you with, with many of these things. And I think that perspective, I always... And I see people struggling with certain small things. And then I'm sort of um, uh, having that perspective. It's like, well, no one is dying, you know, so it doesn't matter. It's a number or something. So it, it gives you that that perspective, which I think is is empowering. And I think it made us better human beings, to be honest, mm -hmm. in a way that I think we are beyond grateful for us, but also for the whole family ecosystem, mm -hmm. because I think think this is something that's super valuable for all of us as human beings you know yeah well this is such a beautiful message and such an important one and thank you for for sharing it and to really being very open about your lessons as a as a mother and how it has really influenced your leadership and and the leadership that you're going to be teaching to millions of people <laughs> so so thank you so much and Radka, where can people find you mm -hmm. how they can get in touch with you mm -hmm. thank you very much pal i really appreciate uh, your words and this conversation and if anyone wants to be in touch you can just go to our website www.atairu.com or you can follow me on linkedin Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. 
Nice. Well, Radhika, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your journey, your learnings and your big, bold, important uh, vision with us. And uh, I hope you have a really nice movie night with your daughter tonight. Thank you very much. I'm very <laughs> much looking forward to that. Thank you, Paula. And uh, thanks everyone for listening and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Radhika, for being with me today. And thank you for staying with us. I hope that, like me, you enjoyed the conversation and you're taking away a lot of positive things to reflect on, to process, and maybe to even integrate into your own life and your own leadership style. If Radhika's vision really resonates with you, get in touch with her. She's Radhika Dunalova on LinkedIn. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at thezone.co. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope to see you next time. In the meantime, stay in the zone.